You are floating. You feel strangely comfortable. It's a kind of comfort that you've never known before. There's this part of it that's a physical comfort. Like the air around you is exactly the perfect temperature. And all of your muscles are completely relaxed at the same time. And then there's this part of it that's more like a mental comfort. You feel so incredibly calm. Your constant fidgeting has subsided, and you sit in complete and utter stillness for the first time in your entire life. You are so calm and relaxed that you haven't even noticed you have no idea where you are. attention is drawn to the faint sound of singing. As you slowly gain consciousness, it becomes louder and louder. It sounds like church hymns. That doesn't make any sense. You haven't been to church since you were a kid. As the singing continues to increase in volume, it takes over your full awareness. You can actually feel the sound vibrations permeating through your head and then throughout your entire body. You open your eyes and stare straight ahead. Your vision is out of focus, but you can make out the colors of white and brown. You slowly start to realize that you're on your back and are staring upwards at a vaulted ceiling. You recognize the ceiling. You're in your childhood church. You try to sit up, but your muscles will not engage. The singing continues. You're groggy and are struggling to remember how you got here. In fact, you realize that you cannot remember anything that happened before this moment. Right now, you don't even know your name. Your anxiety starts to mount. You clear your mind and force yourself to relax. You let everything go, and then suddenly you realize it. Your name is Daniel, and you are deceased. The singing fades, and a strange man approaches the pulpit. You can see your parents sitting in the front row. They look devastated. It's weird to be back here. You've avoided this place for most of your life. You grew up in the kind of town where being a good Christian was synonymous with being a good person. It was like the simple act of going to church allowed the townspeople to maintain this appearance of morality, when underneath it all, things were not so pretty. Now that you're deceased, you can see the town for what it really is. It's a town of secrets, lies, and corruption. It's like the surface has been stripped away. The people in the church look sad, but most of them didn't even know you. You feel a surge of anger that your funeral is being used as a Sunday social event. You look around for your best friend, Joey. Seeing his face will make you feel better. You scan the entire crowd, but can't find him anywhere. You're confused. He should be here. The minister starts to speak. You strain to understand, but his words are muffled. It's like there's this veil between you and the church. You want to go back to floating. Suddenly, you're with her. You know her, and you don't know her. Your body feels a sense of anticipation. You're at a local pub, and the last of your friends are leaving for the night. Helen is a friend of a friend and caught your eye right away. She seems to be lingering. You linger, too. I'm not ready to call it a night, Helen says. Me neither, you smile. You decide to walk together. 
You're excruciatingly aware of her closeness. It's almost midnight as you pass a small cluster of food trucks. Shall we, she says. You buy her a slice of pizza and a soda. It's a warm summer evening and the conversation drifts effortlessly. You talk about mutual friends, family, dreams, and life goals. Before you know it, it's dawn and you've completely fallen for her. You walk her home and share your first kiss on her doorstep. You feel as if you're on cloud nine as you drift to your own home, just down the street. As you enter your condo, you find a singular cicada buzzing around the kitchen. You grab it with a paper towel and feel a slight crunch in your hand. There'll be more, you think, as you close the kitchen window. It's been a while since the last infestation. The town is due. Your thoughts are starting to drift, and before you know it, you're back at your funeral. The service has progressed. You notice a minister slip out of the side door just as your father begins to speak. You look again for your best friend. Suddenly, it's Sunday morning. You've just arrived at the local diner. The parking lot is covered in cicadas. This is the worst day yet. Some reporters are even starting to call it a plague. As you walk inside, you quickly find Joey and embrace him in a warm hug. Sunday morning breakfast is one of your favorite traditions. You both stopped attending church in high school. You always joke that the diner is your church now. You sit down in your favorite booth, a place that you've been many times before, but today you're having a hard time concentrating. Joey is saying something about Kim, your old housekeeper. Your mind starts to wander. You remember the day that you hired Kim. She was good at her job. You even helped her get other clients. But then you also remember the day that you had to let her go. You were overcome with a feeling of dread. You knew she was struggling to get by, but the feeling of guilt still haunts you today. Joey makes things worse. He says that Kim is not doing well. He just saw her at the hospital with her mother. You're starting down a spiral of worry and guilt when Joey abruptly changes the subject. He asks you about Helen. You find yourself thinking about this time when you were hanging out with her at your condo. You jokingly answered her phone, but were left with the feeling that your joke may have gone too far. You're just about to tell Joey about it when suddenly the diner falls away. You're back in the church. The congregation is nearly motionless. The choir sings solemnly. Choir hymns fade into your favorite song. You're humming along softly as you rummage through your kitchen cabinets. You're at home, hanging out with Helen. You've just finished a very heavy conversation. Helen revealed something that had been weighing on her mind. You listened for as long as she needed. You could tell that she felt very burdened, and the simple act of speaking out loud was already starting to change her perspective. The conversation lasted for hours. But now that Helen's secret is out in the open, the mood has shifted. It feels lighter, and you're starting to have fun together. You're sitting on the floor eating junk food when her phone rings. She reaches for it, but you are faster. 
You swipe the phone from her hand. You can't stop laughing. Hello, you say. This is Helen's phone. The line is silent. Helen lunges at you to grab the phone. You dodge and laugh. If you're looking for Helen, she's currently indisposed, you say. Helen finally tackles you and grabs the phone just as you're hanging up. She looks at the number and her laughter fades. The energy shifts. The church is silent now. The congregation is in prayer. Something about the stillness of the room evokes a profound sense of loneliness. You're at home now, alone. It's late in the afternoon. You've been struggling with your health lately. You decide to write in your journal. You write about how you still haven't accepted your diagnosis, even though it's been three years. You put on a brave face for Joey and your parents, but sometimes you just want to push the boundaries. What if I stop the insulin shots, you write? The doctors say that will damage my organs, but maybe that's what's supposed to happen. Maybe that's my fate. Living with complete dependence on insulin is no way to live. You look up from your journal. Your insulin case is laying on your dresser. You hate that case. In a way, it's a prison. No, your body is like a prison, and that case is a warden. You resent it, and yet you need it at the same time. Sometimes you feel lost. You grew up in the church. No matter what happened, it was always part of God's plan. It released you from responsibility in a way. You only had to believe in fate, and then whatever happened was always meant to happen. Now you're out of the church. You're off script, so to speak. You hold responsibility for what happens next. You close your journal and decide to make an early dinner. Even though all of your windows are closed, the sound of the cicadas is deafening. You turn on some music to drown them out. You watch as the pallbearers carry your coffin down the aisle. The church is silent. Just as they start to cross the threshold, everything goes black. You're floating. You feel a sense of warmth. You're strangely comfortable. You hear singing. It's grating. You have a sense that you've been here before. Somewhere, a strange man approaches a pulpit, and you wonder where your best friend is. You're in a loop. You do not know how long you've been stuck. Your mind drifts back and forth from the funeral to your friends to those that you've wronged. Each time your body leaves the church, the loop resets. You struggle to put your past in order, but large portions of it are missing. Your sense of identity is completely gone. You're here, but you're not here. You are a ghost, a ghost trapped at your own funeral and you have no idea how long you've been here. The loop repeats itself, going faster and faster each time. Suddenly, time freezes completely. Now you're in the cold darkness in between the end and beginning of your loop. You're floating, but your sense of comfort is gone. You imagine the church hymns and try to bring yourself back, but nothing happens. There's nothing left to do now but put the pieces together. You start to remember what happened, it comes slowly at first, but eventually you start to become solid again. Once you remember the whole story, your ghost fades away. 
the funeral finally ends. Ghost Story, a podcast brought to you by Cold Plunge Studios. If you enjoyed this episode, hit the subscribe button on the podcast player of your choice. For more content, visit us at ghoststorypodcast.com. And finally, thank you for listening. Tongue can bid me then depart.